0: Hello everybody, this is Jeff Arbuckle, one of the three very good-looking lads that host Film seizure. The other two guys, Chuck Moore, Jason Oliver, unfortunately they're not here with me right now to kind of introduce this very special episode, um, which is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of give a little bit of a story and a little bit of background because this is a slightly different episode than I think anything we've ever done before. Even when you go all the way back to the beginning when Jason and I had a a very different type of show than what we do now, um, especially since uh, Chuck joined us um over 100 episodes ago now i think almost uh, so um about a week before the the pop uh, the, the pop culture convention indie popcon was scheduled to have their 2022 weekend uh i got a message from brandon peters host of the brandon peters show i have been on his show before if you haven't listened to it uh i definitely recommend it he's a great guy he's a great podcaster um He has a very, uh, a a very funny sense of humor. Uh, and he's, he's a very pleasant, uh, chat when, when you are, you know, at least from my experience of being on his show. Um, but he let me know that he's, he was doing the programming for the live podcast stage at PopCon this year. And indie PopCon is something that for, uh, the better part of the last six, seven years or so have had. Uh, live podcast happening during the course of the weekend and he said that he was looking for some more uh quality entertainment and wanted to know if uh we wanted to do one of our shows whether it was a you know an episode of film seizure or if it was an episode of monster mondays um and uh, i you know i talked to the other two chuck moore jason oliver and uh, we agreed that, uh, yeah, we would do something. And we thought, well, you know, the, the, the movie that would be the easiest to talk about in terms of a nostalgia perspective would be The Goonies. Um, I also thought that it would be something that a lot of people at the show probably have seen or know about or whatever. So it seemed like that was the right choice for the movie. Um, but we would have less than an hour Uh, We would only have about 45 or 50 minutes to do our show. So we had to kind of do something slightly different. Now, if this was something that we had planned to do from the very beginning, uh, we would have prepared for this slightly differently. We probably would have even gone through dry runs with each other. So this episode may be a little hit and miss. It may be something to your liking. It may not be what you would expect from Film Seizure, Um, but. We were very lucky to be able to get the word out about the show. We were very lucky to have a few people stick around for almost the entirety of the time that we were on stage. We had a, f- a few people interact with us. You can't really hear them in the background all that well. Um, but uh, it was a really neat experience. I think we did pretty well. I think we were able to keep the conversation going, even though. Uh, I think at one point I get completely, totally uh, distracted by an awesome Iron Man costume off to the side of the stage. But – we hope to do more stuff like this, hopefully, um, you know, at the very least, be able to do this again at PopCon. And maybe we would have it in a in a situation that would be slightly different. Now, speaking of PopCon, we also entered uh, two of our shows into the PopCon podcast awards. Um, I entered in our film seizure episode for A Clockwork Orange. Uh, and I entered in my Doctor Who, uh, the demons episode of Monster Mondays. Um, and I'm very proud to say that that Doctor Who episode of Monster Mondays was a finalist for the TV and film genre to be the a winner of the podcast award. Um, so it was, uh, it finished in the top three, which means that I was a nominee. It's nice to be nominated. It was great. Uh, very appreciative for the high scores and the high marks that I got our film seizure episode. From what I understand finished just outside the nominees. So, uh, it was one of those situations where we very nearly got both of our shows to be a finalist in the podcast awards. And that's, uh, that's a great honor. Thank you to, uh, to, uh, PopCon for, um, Putting on the show for having us there, for uh, allowing us to kind of bring uh, our brand of whatever it is that we do to the uh, to the audience, and uh, thank you so much for the uh, the finalist nomination for Monster Mondays. It's uh, it's a great honor. Um, it was an episode that I was very passionate about, and, and I appreciate that. All right, so I've almost been going on for now five whole minutes here. I'm going to uh, wrap things up by saying I'm going to play the our theme song. You're going to hear Brandon introduce us. And uh, hopefully you enjoy this kind of slightly different episode of Film Seizure. And something that we hope that we get to do even more of. And maybe in the future even be really good at. Uh, but sit back, relax, uh, enjoy uh episode number 226 the goonies live and uh stay tuned because we will be coming back with more episodes of film seizure later this year either august or september you can still listen to monster mondays every monday all of our stuff is available wherever it is that you listen to us whether it's soundcloud or the website or uh, google or apple or wherever it is that you go to listen to your podcast and uh Hopefully you enjoy this and uh, see you at at another time. And hopefully uh, in the future, we'll see you actually at PopCon. Thank you.
1: Good morning, PopCon people. Over here, line people. Hello, line people. Hello. How's your line waiting? All right. Okay. We're going to put stuff in your ears here. This is the live podcast stage brought to you by The Brandon Peters Show. I am Brandon Peters. You can catch my show today at 2 p.m. where I'll be giving away prizes and having you come on my show with stuff that will be released to the pod streams later on. So be here for that. It's a lot of fun. Right now, though, we're going to kick off the stage today with the live debut of the Film Seizure podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. They're going to talk about a childhood classic, and maybe you agree or disagree with them, but enjoy. Come, have a seat, heckle them, whatever. Let's have some fun. So without further ado, here is Film Seizure Hello, everybody.
0: Welcome to Film Seizure Live. As Brandon uh, so uh, put it, to make me incredibly nervous, all of a sudden, <laughs> it is our first live experience on stage. But we have uh, a <laughs> we have a childhood favorite, uh, The Goonies, nineteen eighty five, directed by Richard Donner. With me, as always, to my right. Chuck Moore. Chuck, how's it going today? Good.
2: How's everyone doing out there? You guys doing Awesome. Awesome. Oh, they, they all look stoked.
0: They all yeah. look st-
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> And that guy, the
3: dapper man with the long hair down on the end, Jason Oliver. Hello, hello. So, um, Jeff, do you want to talk a little bit about what we do at Film Seizure first before we get into it? We talk about movies. We talk about movies. On Squid Game. There's All about right. to be some squid games up on this stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what we brought for you here today. Who, who will be left of the yeah. three of us at the end of this hour? <laughs> that's that's what we'll find out. Yeah. Not so, me. No, no, you're, you're first to go. Um, <laughs> last
0: to join, first to go. Um, so, no, yeah, we talk about movies. Uh, we talk about the good, the bad, the everything in between. We uh, mostly try to focus on our nostalgia, and uh, one of the things about nostalgia is... You get movies like The Goonies, so yeah. uh, you want to add anything to that, Jason?
3: No, that's a good summary. Um, okay. we, uh, we, yeah, we, do, we like to kind of talk about movies that we loved growing up, but um, also new movies that we discover or we bring to one another, and we figured for our first live event, The Goonies would be a, a good pick. It, it really hits a lot of the... Um, the, the topics that we like to delve into as far as movies that we loved growing up and why, and even maybe how our opinions have changed over time. So um, we usually kind of like hit, hit a hit an episode beat by beat and, uh, and talk about you know the movie from start to finish, but we might mix that up a little bit today. Everybody's seen The Goonies, right? Um, you guys have all seen The Goonies. Any fans of The Goonies out there? I hope yeah got good you got a few, yeah, all right. Awesome. So we're just going to kind of talk about you know maybe our personal experience with the movie um, and what we love about it and uh, and yeah, so okay Well, I think the one person up here
2: on stage who probably likes this movie the most is this man in the middle. Yeah, I mean this was it's a huge part of my life, really. I've been watching this probably yearly or more than yearly since I was like eight years old, Um, it it immediately draws you in. It has one of those beginnings that's just amazing to watch. It introduces you to all the characters, what they're like, and you're just off and running like basically like a bullet.
3: They know what they're doing to start this film. Yeah, that's a good point. Watching it again the other night, it it truly does set up every single character in the movie right from the jump and you get an idea of their personality and who they are and kind of what they're about. And, um, and it's a kind of a wide cast of, of characters, right? So um, it, 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 just in that one scene with the car chase, the, the jailbreak and the car chase, you meet your entire cast of characters. It's about you know, five to 10 minutes, you're in the movie, and you feel like they're already your friends. Um, you, you, you they are just something relatable about every single one of them in a different way. Even the Fratellis, even the That's Fratellis, just, are my best—they're my best friends. Yeah, yeah my, they were yeah. they were
0: my friends. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I—the one of the things I like the most about this movie is, which is funny because it's like my nostalgia for this movie actually has very little to do about the movie itself. Uh, It's kind of weird because I don't dislike this movie. I like this movie a lot. I grew up with it and whatnot. But it's the one movie that, yeah, you know, it's like when I think of Goonies, I think of two things. One, it takes place someplace in the Pacific Northwest and it looks drab and dreary, which sets up the the whole storyline with what everybody's dealing with. But uh, the thing that I think about the most is the NES game, The Goonies 2. <laughs> that is my favorite NES game. And I know some people don't like it because it is hard. If you don't have a map, you're screwed in that game. But I loved it because uh, the 8-bit rendition of the theme song and of the music is like kind of stuck in my head forever. Is it good enough? It's good
2: enough. Good enough? All right. For you? It's good enough for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever played the Goonies game. I was too busy dying over and over again in Kid Icarus, I think. Oh, that's it's another time. one of my favorites.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember playing the game either. Um, I do remember the first time I saw this movie, though, and it wasn't in the theater. This movie would have come out when I was five or six, so I was a little young. Um, to see it in a theater but um, but I did remember I remember there was a a party like after I, I don't exactly remember what it was. But it was a gathering of like my parents' friends and all the all their children and there was like it was kind of like a picnic at somebody's house and a bunch of kids were watching it on VHS in the living room and I sat down and watched it with them and I was just enthralled. Um, I was probably you know maybe seven it was probably a couple years in the home video release um, which was a this movie was a massive home video um Rental slash uh, retail. I think it was, you know, the, the sort of mid-80s really the, was the VHS explosion. And this was, this was at the forefront of that for sure. Every, every kid, every friend you had had a copy of this on VHS um, and me included eventually. Um, and it's one of those movies that you, your friends will watch come over for a summer party and just put it in and watch it. And you might, you might just keep it on loop the whole night, right? Oh yeah, it's a 24-hour film for sure. I
2: think... Well, I know the first time I saw this movie was in the theater with my dad and my brothers, um, which are experiences that, you know, I've talked about in the past on the show, but they made me love film, like those memories of the theater visits with my parents or my dad and my brothers, um, and this was, like, eye-opening for me as far as movies go, the Goonies. Now, you've shown this to your kids, right? I mean, constantly. Yeah, I've been... Cramming it down their throats for probably <laughs> ten years. Um, probably too early. The first time they watched it, they didn't really get it. Like they hadn't had bike adventures. They hadn't done those things that that kind of draw you in in this film. So, hell, I don't know if they've had a bike adventure yet. Times have changed, right? Since the
3: eighties. <laughs> what were the What were the movies that they watched on repeat when they were you know ten? Uh, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was always Scooby-Doo
2: when they were probably seven to thirteen. Constant Scooby-Doo and Shrek.
3: Okay. Because yeah. I was kind of thinking while I was watching this movie again, how how few movies like this there are anymore for kids. The most movies you know that target sort of that youth audience are animation anymore. Um, you know your Pixar films. Your you don't really have these live-action, big casts with a bunch of kids. That whole kids in peril kind of um, uh, genre that the 80s and even the 90s were so were so known for. Um, and it wasn't really, I think, until Stranger Things that just, you know, recently in the last few years came out, that sort of maybe like reinvigorated some of the public's love for that type of storytelling and and actually, you know, making movies for kids with kids, right?
2: Yeah, it's kind of wild too. Like a movie like Goonies, people contemporaries, people my age will watch it now, and say, how did my parents let me watch this? <laughs> so there's there's plenty of I think nostalgia for us, but also fear for our children. My, not myself, I don't care. I'd show it to them when they're five. But a lot of people just don't show kids movies like this, which is probably why you don't see a ton of them. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's one thing I want to
0: talk about a little bit. Because, you know, the funny thing is is that a lot of people, if I remember correctly, thought that like movies like this and Gremlins and those kind of mid-80s uh, Spielberg-produced movies that were... Intended for younger audiences, they they kind of. I always thought that people kind of thought they were too crude. For, like, for kids to watch, even though they were completely and totally directed at kids, uh, which is kind of funny because, I, this is really kind of what kids are really like. Yeah, it's like you know. I mean, Chuck, I hate to break it to you, but your kids probably have um,
2: mouths like sailors. Oh well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They look at me cross every time. I cu- I'm i the one with the mouth like a sailor. <laughs> um, I do want to bring up some positive reviews from the critics that okay. were of the
0: time. Air quotes, positive huh. reviews? Yeah, these are all positive reviews except for the last one. Uh, Gene Siskel said, the movie takes too long to get started. Quote, walk in a half an hour late. Uh, wow. What? Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Ebert said, the kids are all talking at the same time. Uh, The first 30 minutes are hard to understand the dialogue. He actually said the movie dared him to dislike it. (laughs) Uh, Janet Maslin said, quote, breakneck pacing that keeps it fast, ingenious, entertaining, and almost entirely without staying power. Wow. Variety said, once it stops to consider the sacred state of adolescence, it becomes painfully syrupy.
3: (laughs) Then, I, mean, I mean, it's a little cheesy. You know, The end is pretty cheesy, but I mean, come on. This is a bunch of old people that just, yeah, this, is, un- uh, this uh, is unreal.
0: Then there's Colin Greenland of of White Dwarf. Never heard of White Dwarf. I hope he's not here today listening. But he says, uh, the Goonies I was unable to enjoy because of a bunch of kids yelling and screaming all the way through, not the audience, the actors. Man, that's just people. Those are yeah. positive
2: reviews. <laughs> except for the last one <laughs> people being too old to watch it definitely like friends that I've introduced the princess bride to years later that don't they just don't get it so I'm I'm kind of
3: unsurprised by those takes <laughs> but yeah adults mm-hmm. suck uh, yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty telling that it's yeah this movie wasn't made for you guy you know, Don't trust um,
0: anyone over 30.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, so I must actively dislike it. Um. <laughs> uh, we should talk about the cast of this movie because it's
0: actually kind of amazing, all things considered. Yeah. The
3: cast, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we have uh, uh, Sean Astin, uh, who would go on later to be in three of the biggest movies ever made. Uh, probably the most likable character. In Rudy three. 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rudy. He is certainly represented in the Goonies 2 Konami <laughs> <game>. <laughs> I, I said Rudy. Rudy. Oh, Rudy. <laughs> well, that's the third one. <laughs> uh, then you have Josh Brolin, who is in the biggest movie of ever made. Um, a lawyer who plays Chunk. I guess he does lawyer things now. Corey Feldman. He's, um, who's that guy? Uh, no, no, I have no idea. I'm sure he's done nothing to get noticed online. My, no. Michael Jackson impersonator, I think. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, you got the kid from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom who's made a recent comeback.
3: Yes, yes. Um, yeah, Data, the the Jonathan K. Hui Kwan, uh, is in the smash hit. Uh, everything everywhere all at once in theaters now which uh is really kind of cool to see right um i didn't even realize it was him the first time i saw the movie which is hilarious and i recently went back and watched it again and and i knew that that was data up there on on screen and it made it made the movie even more enjoyable uh
0: then a two-time super bowl champion john matuzak yeah sloth uh a favorite around these parts joey pants um, as one of the Fratellis. The bad guy from License to Kill. <laughs> one of the best James Bond movies ever made. Is that Robert Davis? Yeah, I see somebody back there who agrees. Yeah. <laughs> two, two people in the back. All right. Um, and then Ann Ramsey, who is also known as the lady who got her head destroyed by a basketball and Deadly Friend.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> that That's kind of like become part of the new... Cult zeitgeist. I feel like only in recent years has that really kind of—it's like holy crap, that's the lady from Throw Mama from a, from the train, uh, getting her head exploded. Mama's head. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to talk about her character actually because she really scared me as a kid. Um, the two Fratelli brothers didn't really frighten me as much. They're but, goofballs. But Mama, I mean, I, I think I saw Throw Mama from the train and um, and Goonies around the same time. Yeah. And she was the thing of nightmares for me. Yeah. T- totally terrified me. Yeah, that's the kind of grandma you
2: don't want to go have <laughs> pie at her house. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so we start this movie off with uh, the chase through the town, as Jason mentioned. You get to kind of basically know everybody in some way. You see what they are best known for. The Fratellis um, are, the, well, they're criminals. You know, they're cons, and, they, and they're... and one, one of them, uh, Robert Davi, is escaping from prison. Yep. And um, his brother, which is uh, Joey Pants, and Mama... Uh, basketball head <laughs> is there to pick them up, um, and then so they basically lead through this town of Astoria, right? Is Astoria? Yeah, is it's it an Astoria. Organ?
3: Yeah, it's in Oregon. Yeah, okay. So they're it's a going, real town in Oregon.
0: Yeah, and we meet the. Uh, I think the first person we see is Carrie Green, the girl Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's kind of the popular girl who's the cheerleader that all the guys want to date. Um, And then they, um, basically you see Chunk at the ice cream shop. He can smell ice cream (laughs) through freezer doors. That's amazing. I wish I had that.
3: (laughs) You might not want that kind of hypersensitivity to, to dairy scents. Yeah. Says you. That'd be a little weird. It might be. <laughs> um, and then,
0: uh, let's see here. Oh. Uh, Data? Data is uh, testing out. He's a big James Bond fan. Yeah. I, I uh, Based. Um, he is trying out a, like a thing to pull, like... A suction cup contraption, yeah, su- basically. Right. Yeah. suction—the strongest suction cup ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mouth, who is uh,
2: Corey Feldman, he's just hanging out in town, right? Like, uh, I think he's at his parents' house, and he gets the well, water. That's shot right, because he gets.
0: <laughs> yes, he yeah. does. His dad's a plumber, and uh, he's not really helping, so he gets water
3: splashed. Uh, there's the funny bit where his dad tells him to turn the TV off because there's like a car chase on TV and he yes. turns the TV off and, and he, he still hears the sounds of the car chase because it's moving past his house and he's like banging on the TV <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that Corey Feldman. What a, what a scamp. And then we have Mikey <laughs> who is basically at home sitting in bed lamenting the fact that nothing ever happens in this town. Yeah. This town sucks. Well, and it's their last weekend in this town, apparently, and they have not packed. No. That's what Rosalita is for. Okay. Geez, okay. she's going to come pack everything for me. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a shit
0: job. Yeah, she gets paid to do it, though. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, and then uh, Brand, who is Josh Brolin. He's just working out. He's just doing the workout thing like all teenage guys did in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I,
3: mean, I specifically is, remember my brothers it's in the full 80s. sweat full sweatsuit outfit yep. and a headband. He's,
0: he's trying to impress uh, Andy.
3: Yeah. So yeah, your basic your basic story here. You know, you've always seen the movie, but you've got um, the 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 rich guy in town wants to tear down houses in this one neighborhood of of Astoria to to expand the country club, and um, they're going to foreclose on the the house uh, unless they come up with money at a certain point in time. Of course, they're going to come up with the money, but how are they come up with the money? Is the is the crux of the story. It's it's a uh, it's uh, you know sort of this coming of age arc, where you have these kids who kind of find themselves, find their voices, find their their way in the world uh, together through friendship, uh, and at the end of the day, they also you know save their home and they get to be they get to live in their their house and continue on their their uh, their journey of uh, of growing up together. Um, but uh you know it's it's like this adventure film that you just don't see as much anymore you, these these i don't know what it is about like maybe it's directors well, so don't want to work with the, with the younger ch- children talent anymore or they just I, don't want to write for them no i don't, i mean i don't know i think it's uh, i think people get queasy
0: around the idea of the like the kids in danger subgenre yeah which is very much in the 80s thing. I mean because when you started having things like you know latchkey kids and and stuff like that you, you, kids were getting out more by themselves more often and they were doing those types of adventurous things like you know it's like my my parents were divorced and my mom worked at night so she slept during the day I spent most of the day out of the house with friends went on adventures like that things that kids probably should not do but it was a very common thing of the time and i just think that the time i think the times changed.
3: yeah that's a good point it it, it, kids don't really have that free range free roaming um opportunity anymore like i don't know about your kids chuck but they probably just stay in like the neighborhood right yeah
2: don't, don't indict me here but i'm one of those parents that grew up free reign yeah and then now i'm hypersensitive (laughs) to everything that's going on around me so yeah i think that's a huge part of it the fact that the generation that was allowed to just run like you leave at 9 a.m and your parents say come home for dinner just be home for dinner yeah just be home for dinner and you're gone the whole day we're all nervous parents now for some reason i don't i don't know why but that's (laughs) it got old yeah what's that i said you got old
3: yeah we did get old yeah shame. You know, I I think that some of the nature of neighborhoods have changed too, right? I mean, the explosion of suburbia, I think, has also kind of created sort of these safer, in air quotes, you know, environments where kids can just kind of stay a little more self-contained. And it's just a a bike ride, three cul-de-sacs over to get to your buddy's house, you know? It's not, you don't have to, for me, you know, I had to, Ride my bike down several hills, pedal up hills. I had to you know, ride my bike about three or three, four miles to get to my, my buddy's house, and I had to cross major intersections to do so. Um, it's just not like that anymore. No, and kids have a lot
2: more avenues of entertainment. As much as we don't like it, they have their iPods, their iPads, their gaming systems. We had yeah. to look for adventure. I mean, we were the Goonies.
3: We had to look yeah. for adventure. Kids these days don't have to leave their bed. To find something fun to do I mean you had legit like Front page headline uh, Goonie adventures And you were a kid You found what a live grenade once Yeah we found a grenade <laughs> With no pin in it
2: In the Niagara River um, This is funny we took it Put it in my backpack And wrote it <laughs> We're dumb kids We were the Goonies right <laughs> Um, did you put <laughs> did you put it down like the one kid's pants? No, we put like it like or something. We put it under the culvert of the driveway of my friend's house and said, "Don't tell anyone." <laughs> um, and of course, he told his parents. They called the cops. They blew it up over the Niagara River. We
3: were on the front page of the newspaper. The next so yeah, my favorite part of that story though is that. You weren't supposed to be hanging out with your your best friend, Jeff Bowe, because he was a bad influence, and you got busted because your picture was in the paper with him.
2: Yeah, my uncle called, the, well, not my picture, but my uncle called the next day, and he's like, hey, you found a grenade. And I'm like, what? How did you know this? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my name was next to Jeff's name in the newspaper, so that summer sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you found a grenade. I mean... No more Goonie Adventures for you that summer. Yeah, no more Goonie Adventures. <laughs>
0: would you say that was an explosive summer?
3: Yes, that's... Yes, I would. <laughs> I, I have a, a, a small anecdote about this movie. Um... I used to work in a video store with this guy. He was a couple years younger than me, but again, he was another kid who just grew up with this movie on repeat and literally on repeat because he could recite every single word from this movie and we could, we would challenge him. We would start it in the middle somewhere with just a line and he could go right from there. It was, it was the wildest thing. Not only could he recite the entire movie, but he would, he would kind of act it out and he knew all the music cues. So that first scene with the the car chase and everything, he would he would do that very theatrically, do all the parts, and 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 he would sing all the music cues. Hilarious! Um, that guy really really liked the Goonies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we should have brought him up
0: here. Today.
3: I have no idea. I've, I haven't seen him in probably twenty years. Just do a reenactment. Yeah, just yeah. do a live drama of the Goonies.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the one thing. This movie does not open with music, and I thought my TV was broken because I forgot that. <laughs> like it, it zooms in like so dramatically on that skull, and I'm like, "Oh no, something's happened." <laughs> and and then it like, "Oh, okay." So now I hear the prison, and so oh yeah, this movie starts on a on a very very happy scene.
3: Oh, a, yeah, a, 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 a fake murder uh, some, Somebody, yeah, faking their own death. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Just
0: hanging in their
3: cell, that's something that kids should see more oh, of. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, that was something I kind of wrote down, too. I was thinking, I was like, holy moly, yeah, that's, that's kind of dark. <laughs> There's um, a lot
2: of dark themes in this movie that are treated very lightly, like humans being kept in basements on chains, Um Mothers who beat their children at every opportunity.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like the the whole the whole scene with um, Corey Feldman translating for um, oh the drugs. Yes, and and um, the yes the and the the sex dungeon and all of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's. I think why people don't make movies like that. <laughs> we can no longer put the sex dungeons in the in the kids movies.
0: No, but, I love
3: the I love the, the yeah. broken, the, the broken um, statue. They, the, when the, oh, the, when the, the, the statue the, of David. The, Yeah, the Greek, uh, the statue of David and the penis comes off and uh, and uh, Mikey That's is so mom's. upset. That's my mom's favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't These be here if plans. it wasn't. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> and they glue it on upside down. And Bran makes sure to point out that he would pee in his own face. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a part in this movie in which Bran should have died. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's essentially attempted
2: murder, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Over a girl. Yeah. Kids don't do that. What's that guy's <laughs> name, Troy? Troy, of course, is Troy. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, Troy or Chad or yeah. A, I kept thinking Troy of Chatterson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, he, uh, yeah, he's you know he he first of all he bullies them because they they flatten uh, they flatten Brand's bike's tires, so he has to take the little girl's
2: little training wheel.
0: Uh, my bye. bike,
3: my bike. I want my bike. <laughs> Perfect reenactment.
2: Um, th- so they don't need like, that friend of yours
0: anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and then they they like, he grabs him and they drive him down the road like forty miles per hour, and then launch him off a cliff. Yeah, that's not normal. No, no that's that's psychotic. Yeah okay
3: yeah that one to make sure grand should have at least have broken something and broken everything and yeah that that Troy would be in prison. prison yeah
2: well no he's the he's the son of the rich guy that's true Evil businessman yeah so why are they out there they found a map
0: yeah work. there's some yeah you t- talk a little bit about old Chester copperpot oh, Chester copperpot
2: <laughs> yeah so Chester Copperpot was the last person I think to go look for one-eyed willies treasure they found his an article about him in the newspaper along with a map and a stone key that kind of gives them an indication of where they're supposed to go um and mikey has this idea like hey we find this rich stuff rich can, stuff the rich stuff we can save our town right we or we can save the goondocks which is where they live um so they go off on this adventure and brand has to chase him because mikey can't be out in the rain because he might come down with asthma Uh, (laughs) right because you just come down with asthma. Yeah, you just come down with asthma um but yeah they they run into the fratelli's hideout which is an old unused restaurant down by the water um it's got fish heads on booby traps yeah fish heads on rakes yeah yeah um, so they all kind of get scared back in. The Fratellis come home, so they have to find a way out. And they realize that in the basement, there is a grate under a fireplace that goes down to a hidden tunnel. And thus the Goonies begin their adventure in earnest. Their Goon Venture? Their Goon Venture. Um, and they find the dead Chester Copper Pot, which scared the crap out of me as a kid. Um, what's that? No, go ahead. Oh. Um, which scared scared me as a child. Uh, we have this dead body under a rock. But Mikey realizes at this time that, hey, we made it as far as Chester Copperpot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. They,
2: they could have they probably left with the Lou Gehrig card and saved their... City, or their little town area anyway, that card's probably worth... Oh, the Lou Gehrig card? Yeah. Probably worth $140,000. Yeah. Well, like that.
0: How much did they need? Did they did they ever
2: actually say how much they needed? They needed like 30 rupees. I was gonna say,
3: about 40 12... 40 rupees, is, yeah. About 12 gems. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. They needed this handful of costume jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and... Oh, at the start of that whole chase, when they leave to go find, you know, with the map to go find the place, um, Cindy Lauper is on the TV. Yes. Yes, So is is
3: Goonies Are Good Enough diegetic to the movie? (laughs) It it is. It is. Yeah. But it's interesting. Did she ever say the word Goonies in that song? There huh. is at least in one of the versions a Goonies yell in the background. Oh yeah. That was like the twelve minute music video with all the the professional wrestlers, oh, wasn't I've got it? That's an insane video. I love that video. It's insane though. Yeah. Yes. I guess that the song wasn't finished by when the movie was being edited together. Like they she just had a part of the song that they inserted in there and they shot like a really quick little video for her, but the 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 full song wasn't um complete until the, after the movie was released
2: well and wildly too with that the video centers around the
3: octopus yes which is not even in the movie that's that's right the the and for a long time that footage was thought to be lost of the the octopus in the in yeah, the um in the grotto
0: yeah they kept bringing it up and mm-hmm. it's like hey, what what
3: Yeah, but it's it's out there. You can see it. Um, From my understanding, they didn't think it looked very good, Um, and it didn't really look very good. So they so they just kind of cut it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: but that's funny when data says that. Like at the end of the movies, like the octopus is the scariest part. Yeah, kind of a funny joke. Yeah, but in reality, it's part of the script because there was an octopus there.
0: (laughs) Right. There were octop- octopus enemies in the first Konami Goonies game oh. <laughs> that didn't get released here. But that's not your favorite. That's oh no 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 Goonies two. There's yeah. no oct- octopi in Goonies two. There is none. None. There's a mermaid though that you have to save. <laughs> I wish that was turned into a movie.
3: What Goonies two the yes. game? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, still time. There's there's well there's you know there has been. Talk for years about a possible sequel. Um, at one point, most of the cast was on board. Richard Donner was on board. Um, I don't know what ever happened, but it just fe- seems like it, like it just kind of got stuck in development hell. And I don't believe they ever had like a really good script. Um, I actually looked into it. Um, there was a script that Richard Donner liked that
0: uh, Chris Columbus did, uh, but Warner Brothers was not interested. Mm.
2: Which I wonder, would a film like that, like, Goonies doesn't need a sequel, right? I don't think so. There's few movies that need sequels. Yeah.
3: Like, they could have stopped with the first Avengers movie, right? No, that needs sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wonder, because, I mean, I think it would would center on the adults and I'm sure their kids, right? Right. And it would be funny if, if they were all just a bunch of helicopter parents that were afraid of letting their own children go out and have an adventure, right? And because they didn't want them to be in peril. Like, you could do some really interesting meta yeah. kind of uh, scripting I around that.
0: I guarantee you Martha Plimpton would be one of those parents. She my, was
3: a buzzkill through this whole movie. My guess would be you'd have two stories, right? You'd have the stories of their kids on an adventure, and then you'd have the parents trying to save their save their kids, right? Like, trying to find out where they are. So you'd have, like, and them getting into their own peril, um, and then there'd be a joyous reunion at the end and they'd probably save somebody's house with a handful of rupees. Rupees, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, see, we, see, there it goes. I've watched that movie. I, I, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, you know, I mean, we live in the time where nostalgia is king, so never root out a... Uh, uh, never, never root against a, a possible sequel 30, 40 years later.
3: But then, you know, you got Sean Astin in Stranger Things, right? Well, yeah, that's Bob. That's that's the thing. It's like
0: the. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because like if you wait too long now, you might as well just remake it. Yeah. Not do a sequel. But then a remake is going to get
2: the Internet mad. It would be heavily scrutinized by
3: me. Yeah. My feeling was just just make a Goonies movie, but don't call it a Goonies movie, you know? You mean Stranger Things? Yeah, okay. well, essentially.
0: Yeah. We, then we've solved it. Yep. It's already been <laughs> Good work, done. everybody. We can go home now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, just the, a couple of things that I wanted. Uh, let's talk about that Cyndi Lauper song and that video. <laughs> because... For whatever reason, Cindy Lauper and the WWF were synonymous for a little while. <laughs> um, she had a couple of videos with Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, that's right. She did. And this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also in this, there was like the Iron Sheik. There was um, Rotty Nick Rotty Piper, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, Freddie Blassie. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Richter, the fabulous Moolah. And the most famous wrestler of them all, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he is in this, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it is insanity for about seven minutes.
2: Yeah, it's at a gas station, right? It
0: starts at a gas station, and they're going to lose to uh, Roddy and Iron Sheik. And and then she ends up uh, finding out that behind the picture of Captain Lou's Dad, or something there was like a a passageway or whatever and she ends up with the goonies wearing shirts that spell goonies yeah we know who they are (laughs) and she ends up getting uh cornered by the wrestling people and begs steven spielberg for help and steven spielberg's like i got nothing he
2: leaves her to die yeah (laughs) kind of like a retelling of the goonies actually yeah that's kind of dark now that you say it like that
0: (laughs) i had to think about that and i got sad (laughs) steven spielberg left those kids to die he almost i mean he almost killed josh brolin
3: yeah and then that was real
0: that was real (laughs) That's, that's back that was before special effects but um no the but the song is 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 an
2: earworm it gets stuck in my head I listened to it about three times on the way here today <laughs> <laughs> to try to get myself amped up. And it, it's it's a good tune. It's still a good tune. It, I think it, I think for a long time she didn't like it though. Well, she probably doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, Cyndi Lauper. I like Cyndi Lauper. I a do lot. too. I liked her a lot in the '80s, and I like this song. But I'm guessing, you know, when you have this type of song that's in this type of movie with that type of video and that type of exposure that you'd probably just get sick of it no, if you made it i'm guessing i don't know i can't speak for cindy lopper anyone out there know what cindy lopper thinks no all right cindy hits, no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> wait what did he do Lauper. Well, I, so I, I love cindy lopper too man. yeah she bop i listened to that this morning too uh, I uh, don't think we're allowed to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think we're supposed to keep it here, right? <laughs> we, can, we can't talk about Shebop. If anyone could hear we, Brandon, we, he wanted us to explain what Shebop was about. And we're not going to do that. Can we talk about on. Dancing with Myself instead? No. Oh. Let's talk about Goonies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've pretty much uh, gotten to the end of my uh, notes. <laughs> who, who else got anything?
3: Well, we've still got about 15 minutes here, Jeff. So uh, We do. Um, I'm trying to think. The... um
0: <laughs> Oh. I know one scene. I I love the scene with the, with the skeleton piano. Yeah, play the bones. Play the bones. Oh, yeah. And I love the idea. Because that, I mean, this is probably one of the earliest. I mean, I talked about the Goonies video games. But in a way, this is kind of like a early version of a movie that is basically a video game. You know, there there are certain things that they have to do to get past. I mean, there are, like, there are obstacles. There are levels. Fall. Yeah, yeah, there's levels that they have to progress through. And this is one where it's like you got to do something, and if you don't do it right, the floor falls around you and you die.
3: God, yeah, these and, people should be dead. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also it's also Indiana Jones, but with kids. Yeah, that take, was another you take, thing. Take, take Indy so out and just, yeah. and just put, you know— eight kids in instead. <laughs> if you Robert, pile
0: those eight kids on top of each other, yes. you could put a... Uh, and then put a fedora uh, on it. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, yeah it I'm surprised they didn't do that to beat one of the
2: levels in this.
0: Right? One. It's like, you know, Data and Chunk have
3: to, like, stand on top of each other. Yeah. And they're arguing all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It's, it's um, you know, there's all the... They have to... They have to go... That... <laughs> <laughs> they, they yeah, they, like you said, they have the, 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 the they meet little mile markers. They have to solve puzzles and traps and and get past the booby traps and and reach their objective right, which is find a treasure at the end. It's it's very Indiana Jones, um, and I guess uh, you know obviously it's based on a story by by Steven Spielberg, and he was very present on set. I guess right um, him and. Uh, Richard Donner kind of co-directed this more than a little bit of a poltergeist. It's a a little bit of a poltergeist situation. Yeah, I think um, Spielberg obviously had a lot of love for this story and couldn't really allow Richard Donner free reign. Right, (laughs) but I don't think it was acrimonious. I think that they were they worked pretty well together on set. yeah. Yeah. Well, I I have a feeling that Richard Donner is not somebody who's gonna
0: take a lot of crap from somebody else that's probably true yeah I mean he he left the Superman uh-huh
3: yeah <laughs> so um, which I always loved the, the little Superman nod with with the sloth, with, yeah, and the, 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 sloth. the John Williams uh, music cue yeah um,
0: I you know if there's one piece of advice that I would have for any kid who goes on an adventure like this you take that wishing well money yeah take them back you take them take them all back because i mean i'm sorry martha plimpton but they threw that money away
3: that for all they know they got their wish maybe there were enough pennies down there to save the house maybe they didn't even need to find the treasure also also <laughs> reel in that boat yeah don't just let it exactly no but no and a Willie Willie's ghost is uh, it's a ghost ship now i guess somebody else is going to salvage that and be rich though Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was found the next day. That just wouldn't
2: make for a very good <laughs> right. <story. laughs> that's what the
0: sequel is about. Yeah, that's. Finding the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's got it. <laughs> One of my favorite
3: scenes is um, when they first go to the hideout, the kids do, and. Um, and uh the Fratellis find them and uh they think it's an Italian restaurant. Yeah. And uh Cory Cory Feldman just starts singing all the dishes that he wants, like the villa scalopini and yeah,
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> Feldman is is great in this movie. Um as the outspoken Yeah, he's he's perfectly cast as mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Sean Astin, like as opposing kind of characters, semi. Um, they're they're both awesome. Yeah. Good, good casting. All right. Well, Chuck, final thoughts on... I love the Goonies. I will always love the Goonies. Um, I hope that my kids will one day show the Goonies to their kids, and they will love the Goonies. I mean, if they have kids, that is. But this is just an all-time like classic adventure film it's it's always fun um dark menacing scary and hilarious yeah it's it is one of those things where it's like
0: it is dark and menacing but you always know that those kids aren't going to get hurt i mean and that's the you know and yeah you can you can question what's the right age to show a kid this movie is it 10 is it 13 is it younger you know, yeah, to five. <laughs> five. <laughs> five. Go, five. Go on your adventure, five year old kids. Yep. Um, but, I mean, uh, I, it's, it is exhilarating in ways that I think movies should be, which is what we were getting as adults when, or when adults were going to see the Indiana Jones movies. So, yeah, this is Indiana Jones for the, for the 10 year old set.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Jason. Um, I always wanted to go down that water slide. Um, that, oh, yeah. that must've been a fun day on set when all those kids got to go down the water slide and you know, they went probably like dozens of times. Yeah. Because um, they built all of that out. That entire, like, a Grotto set was all built out. Um, in fact, Richard Donner specifically kept it hidden from the kids so that he would get real reactions from them when they came onto the set for the first time. Um, in fact, the reactions were so astonished that they couldn't use it. It didn't. It, it didn't work. They had to shoot it again. Wow. <laughs> so, so it kind of backfired on him. It didn't get what he wanted. But, um, but yeah, um, I could just uh, making that movie must have been just pure joy for those kids. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost an adventure in and of itself, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I think we can uh, pretty much start wrapping things up. I sure. Think. Wrap it up. Sure. All right. So, uh, yeah, So currently. Uh, Film Seizure, the regular podcast, is currently on our uh, summer hiatus uh, for us to uh, go on a world tour. Yeah, world tour starts we're, we're, today
3: here in Indianapolis. So, <laughs> um, but Yeah, I mean, more dates, TBD. But you but can find all of our episodes. We have about 225, 225 episodes so, of so, this. We, Woo!
0: Yeah, this, <laughs> this excitement. Yeah. Um, But currently, also on the site, there is my show, Monster Mondays. That's going to continue every Monday. Uh, Next month is a month of Japanese monsters. So for those who do like uh, the uh, beasties from overseas, uh, I've got movies like uh, Dimogen, Gamera. There's a Gamera movie. Uh, Shin Godzilla and one of the Yokai Monster movies. So that's what's on the slate for Monster Mondays. That's every uh, Monday afternoon. You can find both of those shows at filmseizure.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just search for Film Seizure. Uh, our show is available on multiple podcast providers like Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible. We're even on YouTube. So if you like things there. And uh, every now and then we get some, uh, some recent movie reviews out there, too. I've been kind of doing that to help uh, fill in some of our uh, hiatus. So anyway, go over to FilmSeizure.com. Check out um, numerous episodes, hopefully. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this. I am Jeff
3: Arbuckle. I'm Chunk Moore. I'm Jason Oliver. And you have been listening to Film Seizure.
0: All right, so there it is, our first ever live performance. And uh, this just happened on June 4th, 2022, at uh, Indie PopCon 2022. Like I said uh, at the start, uh, a little bit different. I think there are some things we would definitely do a different way or do um, a slightly different uh, way to approach this type of thing. But like I said, I hope we get to, uh, to do this again in the future. And uh, thank you to Brandon. Thank you to PopCon. Thank you to everybody who had us. Thank you for all the people who judged our show in the podcast awards and, um, I'm going to uh, wear that podcast finalist, uh, podcast award finalist for that Monster Mondays episode like a badge of honor. Uh, it's wonderful to be nominated, and uh, maybe next time uh, one of us, uh, one of our shows will will take home the prize. But uh, again, uh, thank you to everybody who's been listening. Thank you for those people who uh, have been listening to us for these 225 episodes up till this opportunity. Um, like I said at the start stay tuned we will be back later this year but um, like i was saying also in the uh, live recording and at the beginning um, monster mondays is still available every monday afternoon Uh, that's not going anywhere not taking any breaks from that and um, i am doing some additional reviews of new movies to kind of help fill in some of the gaps where um where you know, we don't have our regular um, film seizure episodes. Um, If there's anything that I would recommend that you take a listen to, definitely take a listen to my uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness review. I talk a little bit about not only that movie or the show and the show wandavision from disney plus but i also talk about george Perez, who um for those people who've been listening since the start of film seizure uh i reference quite often um and it was a you know i talk a little bit about his passing and stuff like that um I also recommend, you know, just listen to all of our stuff. And hopefully, if you are new because you heard us at at PopCon, welcome. Hopefully, you like what we have to say. Uh, We've certainly grown. We've certainly become better over the years, and uh, we hope that uh, we continue to entertain you. But, again, thank you so much. Uh, I will see you every Monday uh, at uh, FilmSeizure.com and all the places that you can listen to our podcast when I do the next episode of Monster Mondays and uh, Film Seizure will be back a little bit later this summer. Thank you so much.